morning. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. Well, hey, we're celebrating seven years. Uh, not uh, today. We're not officially seven, so I guess we're three days shy of that. But we are excited. It's one of those things for those of you who have um, have been here really from the beginning. To think about having been here seven years, honestly, is crazy. Like I mean, Randall and I remember our girls really probably don't remember much of, it, but remember moving from Orlando to to here really eight years ago with the with this idea. I mean, just so you know, like I took a massive pay cut to come to a church plant that really didn't exist. Exist, right? And to come and, and we're like, oh, Jesus, are you sure? Right? And, and so coming up here and doing that and then going to Riverstone, which is the church we planted from, those of you who don't know, down the Kennesaw area and, 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 and going on staff as the church plant pastor. And again, just this whole idea of like, I have worked with college students only for 11 years and then to go work with old people like myself, I guess. And that was this like massive shock to the system. I'm like, oh, I got to wear pants and not shorts and flip flops every day. Right. And, uh, and so it was a huge deal. And then came up here and, and God really then began to just draw and unite people together. And it was so much, it was honestly so much fun just to watch the things that God did. And, you know, it really, it was and felt like just a miracle. Like I remember, this is a true story. I would stand and look in my mirror almost every day and go, ah, I can't believe people are following us, right? I mean, literally, because it's so funny to think about. Like, I, I know I'm a, like I'm a natural-born leader. I step in places, and, you know, and I'm, like, naturally sometimes, like, I'm too aggressive in that. You know how that works as a leader. And, but, like, I know that. But it's like, but to think the idea that people would follow us, man, it's like, it's crazy. And then to think that God then chose us to have people follow us was even more crazy because he knows our hearts and he knows who we are. And so as we come today to celebrate seven years and for us being really being home for eight and and, and then watching where our girls were when we came and and then watching the people who come alongside. I mean, we're 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 humbled. We're amazed. uh, We're undone. And and we can say we're incredibly excited to to continue doing this with all of you. So let me ask you this. Is there anybody in this room? who was here for our first, not in Cedarcrest, but our first gathering at Riverstone in the foyer. Raise your hand real, real high. Yeah. So thank you all. Y'all know we've gotten a lot better at what we do. So, no, it's crazy. So thank you all. We, um, and we are so excited, and, and we love what God is doing. And, and honestly, we believe that what God has for us We've really just begun to tap into it, honestly. Like, we feel like we've just taken steps towards really what God has for vintage, what has, God has for vintage through uh, in the community. And so we're excited to be here uh, today. When we get done, we're going to have this Sunday to go out and kind of connect different people. But we do have birthday donuts over here. And so please, as we go out today for our Connection Sunday, we get to go kind of walk around and, and connect. Um, would we, we please ask that you go get some donuts, walk around with donuts and talk to people, right? We did not, and I want to go ahead and say you're welcome. Welcome. We didn't put donuts before, put, put them out before service because of your kids, because they can be walked back with like four in hand like this. And so, yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, let me do this this morning. 
So this is our birthday, but it's also Connection Sunday, and I think they mesh so well for this simple reason. Vintage is still here today because, not because of Randall and myself who ultimately planted Vintage, but because God brought people like you to come alongside of what God was calling us to do, and you jumped in to help and to serve. You connected yourself. And that's what Connection Sunday is about, is trying to help find ways for you, who were part of the family, to connect in the family and honestly to do your part. Scripture is really clear. It says the boss says, there is one body, right, and many parts. And each part has their own unique role that they play within the body, within the family. So that's why it says, a toe isn't a finger. That would be awkward. Do you know people walk around like there are people who have like lost fingers and put a th- put their like big toe on here? If that's you, I mean, that's a little strange looking at. I'm just saying, right? Look at your feelings, sir, right? No, it's the whole idea because the idea is the finger and the toe has to do their own part where they're supposed to be. And so the idea is each person has their role. So with that in mind, take your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, starting in verse 15. And while you're doing that, Todd, I see you right here, right? Strapping young man. Will you come right here and stand next to this couch for me, please? So I know a lot of you walked in and, and, and like you're like OCD or ADD, you're like in worship going, why is there a couch? Why is there a couch in the front? Why is it turned backwards? Oh, I can't even worship this morning. So this is perfect for you. All right. <clears throat> all right. So, Todd, now I don't know if you know this or not. Um, I have pictures of Todd when he went, when he was muscle bound doing his bodybuilding stuff back in the day. Like underneath this shirt are rippling. I mean, everybody say rippling. Rippling muscles. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Todd is a I mean, Todd's a beast, guys. I mean, like if I'm going into a dark corner to go into a fight, I mean, I'm absolutely calling rippled muscle bound Todd because he is a beast. Right. So, Todd, want you to show off muscles real quick and kind of just lift up one side of that couch for everybody. Right. Just go ahead and lift this. High, look at that. One handed. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is amazing. Now, it's amazing. Now, Todd, what I want you to do this morning <clears throat> Is that I want you to take the whole couch and I want you to move it back right in front of Tim and Stacy. But I need you to pick up the whole thing, the whole thing without it touching the ground and move it back into that. You think you can do that this morning? No. Okay. So as muscle bad as you are, I mean, 15 years ago, you could have done that, right? Now, back in that picture I have of you all muscle bad with the thing, right? He was wearing one of those weird bathing suits, too. It was awkward. Anyway, so, so the whole dynamic you got going on is too much information. I know. I'll show the picture to you later. But so what do you need? Like, what would you need to help move, like, to, to get this couch moved back? Somebody with less muscles like Tim. Somebody with less muscles like Tim. All right. So could I get somebody to come help Todd move this couch back? Can someone, someone recommend, offer to come help? Tim to come. Thanks, man. All right, so if you don't mind, let's take the thing all the way up the ground and just kind of move it back. Right, stick it. Yeah, move it on back. There you go. Kind of get even with the rail sitting on. Fantastic. All right, give them a round of applause this morning. <clears throat> hey, if anybody wants to come sit here, this is the moment. Youth, anybody want to come sit right here? I mean, literally, you got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, and I got this going to sit there. Good job, babe. Good job. All right. So here's the point that I want to make this morning. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. 
when we look at the couch, the idea is this. You have, you have Todd, I mean, I, 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 he was, who literally comes and like he shows, man, hey, I had this, I had this call. Like Steve's asked me to just kind of mission this call to, to, to pick up this couch. And he, what does he do? He comes over and he does his part. Like he does his part. He's able to come over here and he's able to lift the couch up, right? And we're like, that's exactly what I needed him to do. But sometimes we look at people and, and the callings and the things that they have to do, and, and, and they just can't do it by themselves. Right at Vintage, right? Listen, and like, I don't know, we don't have the, the pieces of paper, but, but there are these, on these, um, in, in these different ministry areas that we have, we have youth, we have children, we have adult ministries, we have mission, we have the worship and the AV team, and each of them have their role to play, Right? But to think that they can do it all by themselves, pick up the couch and move it back to where it needs to go, let's be honest, it's, un, it's just unrealistic. It's just unrealistic. They don't care how great a leader they are, how gifted they are. They need someone to come alongside of them and go to the other side of the couch and to offer and to volunteer to, to come and do that, right? Because Todd had a mission of moving the couch, but he needed someone to come alongside of him, lift up the other side, and then together they could move the couch together. And so as we dive in this morning to Connection Sunday, we're going to see this picture here in Nehemiah. The idea is simple. We have these things at vintage, these things that we're doing, the things that recognize God is calling us to things that we recognize we have responsibility in honestly ministry areas that you want to have here at vintage how many of you want to minister to our children effectively raise your hand if you want vintage to minister to children effectively please raise your hand if you want children if you want our youth to be ministered to effectively here at vintage would you raise your hand if you want all of the adults, including yourself, to be ministered to effectively at Vintage, would you please raise your hand? If you want our community at large to hear of Jesus because of Vintage 242 Church, would you please raise your hand? The idea is really simple. There are things that God is calling us to do, right? Thank you. There are, there are things that God is calling us to do. And these primary ministries that God's called us to... We have great leaders doing their part of lifting the side of the couch. So obviously we need people to come alongside and to lift the other side because we just can't do it by ourselves. That's why I said literally, it's like if it were just up to Randall and myself, vintage would not be awesome. It just wouldn't be like we have our own falling failings and shortcomings. We need people to come alongside to help be the rest of the body for us. And that's what we see in Nehemiah chapter four. All right, so Nehemiah chapter 4, starting in verse 15, before I dive into that, Nehemiah was a really, really important book when we first started Vintage, for me at least, because the idea is clear in Nehemiah. You have Jerusalem itself, but primarily the temple that has been destroyed by Babylon. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you go to your Bible and turn kind of in the middle and go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah and the book of Jeremiah, these are both written while the Jews, the Israelite people are in captivity, miserable in Babylon. That's where you get Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You know he was not talking to individuals, right? 
had nothing to do with individual people. Jeremiah 29:11 points to the nation as a whole. I know the plans I have for you as a nation, says the Lord. You're in captivity. Your life is a living hell. You are miserable every day of your life, but I know the plans I have for you. It's not to harm you. It is to prosper you. And so in the context then of what we're looking at, this this is where Nehemiah is. They're getting towards the end of the 70-year captivity. It's been 70 years. Daniel prophesied to it, right? 70 years in captivity. And so Nehemiah is towards the end of that 70 years, and he gets this call because he hears. Listen, he hears from the scouts that have gone out. Oh, the temple is in ruins. The temple is in ruins. The temple representing kind of like this, the church, the body, right? The body as a whole, the people is in ruins. The city, the place where God dwells, it's in ruins. And Nehemiah tells he was broken. He was devastated. He was literally overwhelmed in the moment. So what does he do? He has this call from the Lord in chapter 1 and chapter 2 to go and to rebuild. To go and to rebuild the temple. And so in this rebuilding, right, Nehemiah goes to all the leaders and goes to all the tribes in Babylon. and says, guys, it's in ruins. Let's go back. And so you pick it up in chapter 3. Chapter 3 is this beautiful. It's like literally he names all the people by name. Kind of people who raised their hand and said from the beginning. They raised their hand, right? Hey, we'll help you build this. And so those people go back, and they literally, in chapter 3, they go back by name and by tribe, talking about rebuilding these gates and picking up these rocks. And listen, it ain't glamorous work. If you ever, like, lifted rocks for a day or for a whole season, like, you go, huh, huh, that's not glamorous, right? That's what they're doing. <clears throat> they're taking wood structures that have been broken, and they're, like, moving them and cleaning them up, right? To find out in chapter 3 and going into early chapter 4, what's happening? They have opposition. Like, could you, like, you know when a one business fails and the other business like it, likes that they failed? Why? Because all of their business comes to them and then they're thriving? That's what's happening here. All, there's this opposition because now that the Israelites are gone from Jerusalem, all these other surrounding cities and leaders are like, hey, man, we get, all of, we get all of their trade routes and all of these connections, and we have greater authority and greater power. And so we find in chapter 3 and chapter 4, there's great opposition to them. And so we pick up in chapter 4, verse 15, that says this. When our enemies heard that it was known to us, the opposition, okay? So when our enemies heard that it was the op- their opposition was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan of opposition, we all returned to the wall, hear this, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand. I love this picture. And held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. 
The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, the one who sounded the trumpet for war. He went with Nehemiah wherever. And if he saw opposition coming, he would say, blow your trumpet. And he would blow, right? And I said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread out across the temple, and we are separated on this wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. The thing I want you to recognize, and there's three primary pieces that I want you to see from this as it relates to who we are as the body. And, not, and, and just recognize this. This is some, let me just kind of press pause on all of this. I want you to hear this. I don't believe in a church that you go to. I just don't. I don't believe in a church that you just go to. God never has ever spoken about the church as something that we necessarily go to. So I like I, I go to Vintage 242. Church is who we are. It's who we are as a people. We are the church. We happen to gather at a single spot on a Sunday morning or in a small group in the week or whatever it may be. We are the church. And so the idea then is for us is that we are Vintage 242. We are a group, a church, a, the church gathered together for a very real purpose. I don't go to a church to get a feel-good feeling or a message that makes me feel better about myself. I go to be the church and to let God minister to and then to minister to others. And so the idea for us then, the first part we see of Nehemiah was God's call to build. Like, you can't miss this. Nehemiah, read the whole chapter, excuse me, the whole book yourself, right? Chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Get to the end where they complete the temple. Or excuse me, complete the wall that they're building. It's a great celebration, right? They're, they're building. There's a real call from God to build. And I love in this moment that God had called them to rebuild. And then he, he shows that he's behind them when he frustrates the plan of the enemy. There's no greater way to recognize God being with us than he frustrates the work of the enemy. That's what we see here in this moment. And I believe in this season looking at vintage that that vintage is not perfect. Like in the last seven years, there have been lots of ups and there's been lots of downs. We've had people come, we've had people go. And some people who go, they go angry. They're frustrated. They leave not liking you and not liking me. That's just part, it's unfortunately part of it, right? Why do I name them? Because that's just what it's about being part of a family. Families are jacked up. Families don't get it right. Man, let me come to your Thanksgiving with your family and stay there for 30 minutes to figure out what's going on with y'all, right? I go, issues, right? And so we have all of these things stirring in the context of our family here. We're not perfect, but I will say this. We... Pursue Jesus with the best of our might. We desire to go after him and to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Do we sometimes fail on that? Sometimes we don't do it right, right? And we try to do our best to love each other and then to love our neighbors in our community. And we're not perfect at it either, but we are going after it to the best of our ability. And in the context of this, God has not said, I've built vintage. 
He's saying, I'm building vintage every day. Like we all need to hear that. Do you, if you were to look at vintage right now as like a skyscraper, we maybe have gotten our foundation laid. Maybe. We have a long way to go. And you know what? That's not overwhelming or depressing. That's exciting. Because I hope that where we get to, my belief is that where we're going is a lot better than where we are. Right? Isn't that the nature of it? We always hope that what comes next is always better than where we are, that we're always growing. It's the nature, it's the economy of God. I want, I celebrate where you are. I celebrate where you are. And I want to grow you even stronger. That's who He is. We haven't arrived. We are in the process of being built. And that is exciting. And so God has a call upon vintage to continue building, continue growing, to not be a place I just attend on a sometime basis, but a place, listen, I use this word intentionally, that I invest. Can you name how you're investing the best of your energies to build Vintage 242 Church if you call yourself part of Vintage? I'll say that again. Listen, can you name how you're investing a good part of yourself into building Vintage? It's your body. It's your family. And God wants to build us. Which leads to the second part. God's call to work. Like, we live in a culture that hates to work. That's why we only talk about vacations, right? Well, I mean, like, listen, how many of you have got, like, six coolers, and you bought the six coolers, or you bought, like, six Yetis, or, or Ozark-type whatever thing from Walmart because it's $30 cheaper, right? Like, you bought those. Why? Because you, it just makes you feel like you're partially on vacation, you pick it like, oh, I just think of the beach, right? Or I think of going to the lake. That's why you have it. This reminds you, ah, like, oh, and my ice will never melt, right? It just reminds, like, the, and the ice doesn't melt into the day. You're like, I'm still on vacation. As long as my ice doesn't melt, I'm still on vacation. It's like, no, like, we, we had this, like, this, this pushback to, to work. Like, let me just, like, I want you to think about the churches you've been to over the last really the last 10 years, maybe 20 years. How many churches have you been to? It's much more of a show than it is a family gathering. Like they have more lights than they have people engaging one another that they want. They're afraid to engage. They don't, they know they can't engage you relationally. So they just put lights up and fog machines and loud music to, do, to try to pull your attention away from the fact that no one's actually talking to you or engaging you. How many times have... Well, I won't go too far into that. I think you all know what I'm saying, right? Now, am I saying that vintage is perfect at this? Absolutely not. So here we're saying that vintage is better than some other church. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I have a conviction about the church that we have become more about entertaining people than we have about preaching the gospel, loving God and loving people, and then correcting them when they're in sin. 
do you know we have lots of people in churches today who are sleeping with their boyfriends and girlfriends who are living in sin across the board and because and church never tells them they shouldn't do that my point in this is that's just terrible family if I find my daughter in sin I'm not going to go oh let me take her to a big show make her feel good about herself because God wants her to be happy I tell her she's in sin that she's killing herself and if I don't then I'm a terrible family member and terrible father and so the idea is we have God's call to work in this the picture of responsibility here is very clear. They had a work to do. Nehemiah had a work to do in building the temple. I want you to hear this. And they had a work to do in fighting the enemy. Like being a Christian is the most costly thing in the world. It literally means that 24-7 you in beautiful relationship with a loving God are walking step in step with him and listening to him tell you where to move, what to do, and how to speak and who to speak to. That you don't get to wake up in the day and say, well, God, today I've decided I'm going to do X. We are called every day to wake up and say, God, I want to keep in step with your spirit and follow you. Where would you have me go? We have a work to do. They had a work to do in building the temple. We are told that after they prayed and God defended them in verse 15, it says they immediately returned to work. They immediately returned to work. They had a role to play. They had rocks to move. They, like the, the elders who were back over here couldn't do the work were back here. What they were doing? They were in prayer. They were doing the spiritual work, spiritual battle. That's the part we see here, right? There is literally a, a, a work to do, a physical battle that they were preparing for, and a spiritual battle. And so in the work that they have, they focused on their unique role that God had for them, the unique work they had of lifting up one side of the couch. And you know what they anticipated? Listen, do you know what they anticipated in the moment when they lifted, lifted their side of the couch? that someone else would come alongside and lift up the other side and not sit back here with their Yeti or just sit down on the couch and say, you can lift it. I just want you to entertain me. The idea is clear. There's God's call to work. God defended them and they returned to work. They focused on the unique role that God had for them. And so the idea for us is that there are unique roles that God has for us. Here, there's our, the unique place we have in the body. Listen, and, and do you think when they were here, they were excited. Why? Because they were getting to build the temple. They were getting to come home. They were getting to create a place where others who were far away could come back and they could then become a blessing to the nations again. Genesis 12, I've blessed you to become a blessing. I've blessed you to bless the nations. I've given myself to you so you can give yourself to others. And this is, I'll tell you something. How many of you have ever relaxed for three days and at the end of the three days you start feeling antsy because you know you should be doing something? Raise your hand. Do you know why you feel that way? Because you were designed not to vacate all the time. Vacate goes with vacay. We vacate our role in the work we're called to do. 
You've been designed that way. You've been designed to work hard. God worked incredibly hard, nonstop for six days. And then he rested. He Sabbath. He rested. We've been designed to rest also. And we celebrate that. We Listen, if you own six Yetis, that's fantastic. You get to use that and rest for a day, right? This is the nature of it. But the idea is that all the time we're literally building. We are doing the work that God has for us. We're finding the role in the context of vintage now, right? This connection and connecting ourselves to coming to the side of whatever these ministries are and lifting the other side of the couch and finding our place to give ourselves. And when we do... You feel exactly like you do on the fourth day. You've rested and you're like, no, I gotta do something. And when you do something, and then how do you feel? Complete. <sighs> I've done my God given role of doing this work, and now I rest. We've been designed to work and rest, work and to rest. And we do the work, and this is, listen, and you do the work at Vintage, and you go, ah, I love Vintage more. I love people more. I love Jesus more. And I actually feel more satisfied and gratified than I ever have in my life. This is the nature of the economy of how God works. If you want to enjoy Vintage, then you find some place to sit where you're lifting the other side of the couch with someone in need. It's a beautiful piece. I love this, right? Verse 18, excuse 17, picture of being ready to fight a very real and present enemy. It says in verse 17, they labored on the work with one hand and held, and held his weapon. We can add her here, right? They labored on the work with one hand, and they, he and her, they held their weapon with the other. Thank God. You're not having to wear swords today because I don't think that was very comfortable. All right? But I wonder if we are aware that we're in a spiritual battle every day. That we're in a spiritual battle. What are you doing, babe? Okay, just sit down. He'll be fine. He's not going to hurt you. Okay. We are in this place where the spiritual battle. And in this moment, I want you to recognize in the work that we're doing, we always have our eye prepared for battle. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but at Vintage right now, marriages are under attack. Desperately under attack. Our youth and children are under attack. Temptations coming every day. Many of us are wrestling today in addiction and sin, things that we're hiding and people don't even know about. And I say that and you go, oh, and you feel the weight, right? And the reality is we have a call to build and to stand alongside. We have a call to battle spiritually. The third thing now in this moment, now is God's call to rally. I love this picture here in verse 20. It says, when the enemy comes and you hear the trumpet sound, rally to that point. Rally to us there. This is a clear picture of everyone coming together and fighting for one another, beside one another, and on behalf of one another. Like, I love this picture of rallying together. Why do we do our small group campaigns in the fall? Why do we do this one big thing as a church? Why do we gather together and do one thing? Because it's this picture of us rallying together. 
We're going to rally together and go after emotional health because, listen, you can't be spiritually mature if you are emotionally immature. And so we're going into emotionally healthy spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And we want every person to rally together and to come together in this study. We want you to come together in prayer for one another. We want you to gather together and begin to seek after Jesus. We want you to gather and hold fantastic parties and build community together. We want you to rally. Because when we are thriving as a people, when we are connected as a people, when we are moving as God's called us to move together, unified as one body, then we change the God changes the community through us. They built unified together. They built the wall up together in preparation of Jerusalem being reestablished as the temple, the church, the body was built together. And that is huge because they rallied together. They made it a point to say, I'm not going to look for somebody else to stand on the other side of the couch. I'm going to do this. This is exciting. This is how we change our community. So practical ways that I want us to engage this morning. This is on the screen. Number one. Number one. Connect to a work. Connect to a work. Like there are, there are these there are sheets of paper outside that have these different ways for you to get connected. I, I thought they were going to be on the seats. I apologize. That didn't happen this morning. But there are different ways, right? We have adult ministry. We have youth ministry. We have children's ministry. We have mission. We have worship and AV. And so they have all of these pieces and ways for you to get connected. And I'm simply asking, in fact, let's go ahead. Do we have those somewhere? We need those. I need you to look at those. So let's go grab those, please, and let's pass them out. I apologize when you're on your seats. <clears throat> I'm going to hand you these sheets. We're going to pass them out in a second. And on those sheets, we're going to have different ways to administrators and ways for you to connect, Okay. And as we go into our ministry time here in a bit, which is going to be basically one song, I want you to look over this and pray into it and say, God, how would you begin to have me get connected at Vintage? What does that look like? And in this, in this piece, right, I want, then you get to go. There's tables outside that correspond to each of these. On these sheets, and be ways for you to correspond, just ways for you to get connected. Number two, engage the spiritual battle. It's right here on the screen. Engage the spiritual battle. Pretend like they're not passing anything out, right? Engage the spiritual battle. We have this fresh move towards understanding prayer, understanding this call of God to intercede, to pray, and to believe God for greater and bigger things. Number three, number three, and I want you to hear this one. Engage Sunday mornings. What do I mean by that? Listen, if, hear this. If you just show up once a month on Sunday morning, it really hinders. It really hinders where we're trying to go as a body. I'm not trying to guilt you into coming on Sunday morning. I'm going to be saying this. Every Sunday, there is this place that God is moving and a place that he's taking us. And especially as we dive into the study, Sunday morning is a primary piece of what happens for our small groups. Like, see, I can't be there every Sunday morning. I understand. This is all I'm saying. If you wake up on Sunday morning, like, oh, I'm just a little too tired this morning. I'm just going to sleep in. Don't do that. Get your children here. Right? Get your children here in, 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 in the context of children's ministries. They can be discipled. Come here and build with community. Because here's the deal. You need people and they need you. In the context of the small group campaign, we talk about things here that then help launch us into the rest of the week in this study. 
The fourth thing is get involved in a small group. The idea is I'm asking you to rally around DHS. It's emotionally healthy spirituality. Rally around the study. Rally around what we're doing. Get involved in the small group. The idea is this. As we go after this together, God does something that then releases his movement as we unify ourselves. So we're excited about what God's doing because here's the deal. We don't just celebrate seven years and go, woo, seven years we go, Jesus. Seventy more years. Seventy more years. In 70 more years, when I'm dead and I'm no longer the pastor, you've probably had two or three pastors since I've left Jesus, would people be talking about Vintage 242 Church and the, what they have built as the people have been making a change in the community? God, would we truly be a beacon of hope in the community? That's what we're looking for. And as we come together... That in 70 years, as they look back and they see pictures of you, and here's the thing. And they tell, they're telling your story. I mean, there's this guy named Steve Leone. He was imperfect, right? My gosh, God used him. Walt Anderson. My gosh, he was not perfect either. But man, he loved Jesus and he loved people. And we are here because we're standing on his shoulders. Guys, this is the story we get to tell. If we will engage, don't let yourself get in the way of God's movement through you. All right. So we have that sheet now, Harvest and Team Hillers coming up. Why don't you come? What I'm going to ask you to do in this first song, if you're going to go to a table this morning, I'll go ahead and just release you all to go to your table. We're going to take one song. Now, one song, if you come this morning late, ready to give your offering, you can. If you want to ministry teams, I want to invite you to come just in case someone really needs prayer this morning. But I want you to take one song and I want you to process, hey, God, where would you have me get connected? And then after that song's over, I'm going to come back up and release you. And you get to go out. Don't get your kids yet. Your kids are, Jared will fit your kids. He picked up at, excuse me, 1120, okay? And I want you to go and make your way to different tables, talk to different people. And there's sign-ups for you. And the sign-up could be sim- simply, I want to just talk about possibly getting more information about ways to get plugged in. Each table will have their own way for you to get plugged in. I want you to bring the lights up a little bit so they can actually read this morning, okay? And I want you to, once they get done, go out there and just connect to the table and put your name down on a sheet of paper with your phone number, and they can get in contact with you. If you're already connected in some way, thank you for being connected. But simply always ask, now, God, I'm doing this. Is this where I'm supposed to be for the next season? And just ask him what he thinks in that, okay? Does everybody have one of those sheets now? If you don't, raise your hand. I've got a whole section of people right here in the middle don't have it. Okay, please at least look around and, and share. Okay. Thank you. All right, keep, keep your hands up. So we'll go into worship. They can keep on passing that out. And just before the Lord, begin to process and think through that. Okay? There's no place I would rather 